Welcome to Dose of Support. We are an interdisciplinary show that highlights healthcare workers. We share stories and self-care in healthcare every week. I'm your host, Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner and a healthcare worker just like you. Remember, I'm not your healthcare provider. Our guests are not your healthcare provider, and we're not giving healthcare advice here. Seek out care from your own healthcare provider. This podcast, host, guests, and associated social media platforms are not representing an employer or organization. It's hard out there, so let's find some self-care in healthcare. Stay tuned. to all my beautiful listeners out there. Thank you for choosing Dose of Support yet again for another week. And if if this is your first time here, welcome. You have a community here. I'm so glad you're here. So you guys, I have to tell you that Christina and I had so much trouble when we first set up audio. And I want you to know that 13 minutes into this episode, you'll hear like a glitch. And then the audio is like beautiful after that, after 13 minutes. And we were both like, what? Um, so I want you to be prepared for that. I also want you to know that I misannounced her business at the beginning of the show. And so you'll hear me say the name and her actual name is Faithful to Food at FaithfulToFood.com. And so I wanted to make that clarification. Like I was just totally like not rocking the podcast host hat that day. And (laughs) things that are going on with me, we're doing some at-home speech therapy, like like us parents are doing exercises with my kiddo and he's already picking things up and I'm so excited. There's no movement on the house front and we did our taxes. So that's where, that's what I've been up to this past week. And I'm so excited that you've chosen to hang out with the Dose of Support family this week. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed this episode with Christina. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Dose of Support. She's a registered dietitian, and she's worked in retail settings, grocery stores, gyms, and she's the owner of Faithful Food, LLC. Here to share her story and some self-care ideas is registered dietitian, Christina Swanson. Welcome, Christina. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to have another dietitian on the show. The listeners love hearing from a dietitian. They're some of our most popular episodes. Um, but when you, when I read through your website, I'm like, she's, I've never heard of a dietitian in a gym or a grocery store. So like, fill me in. What, what type of dietitian are you and what's your training like? <laughs> oh, goodness. They have so many different settings to be a dietitian in that a lot of the public doesn't know about. A lot of people think we just work in hospitals um, or maybe in outpatient settings, but I've worked in grocery stores and like a sport performance training facility, um, working with athletes. And I also have my my private practice. Um, So I work a lot with just lifestyle, I would say in general, just working on helping people build healthier habits. But I would say typically people picture dietitians as Someone who, someone who just says, you know, eat more fruits and veggies, and you can't have this, this, or this, but it's actually quite a bit the opposite from what the public thinks of us, which is awesome. One thing I like about the show is really elevating professions, professionals that, like, 
you know, when I've talked to dietitians in the past, I'm like, all of you are, I mean, most of you are master's level prepared professionals. And just like, it's just incredible the amount of the wealth of knowledge. And so I was like, this is like, so what dose of support is here for. So I, because you're kind of a different dietitian, walk me through a day in the life in, in your practice, in your private practice. So what is a day like? Yeah. So my days are right now, they're pretty crazy. I started my private practice a year ago and it has been, well, almost a year. Um, I started it last March and it's been a whole journey. I never expected I ever would have thought I had just being faithful to food. I think means so much, like you can't give up on food because we depend so much on it. So if we have that strong relationship with food and really just take hold of it, it's going to be so good for us. So I just thought that was kind of a fun name and it's worked. Yeah. What you're saying is so interesting because so many people demonize food or like food is the enemy because of the strange relationship people have with food sometimes. And so that's really like, you're really honoring like the importance of, of having good food in your life and, and maybe not labeling it as good or bad or demonizing it. I Mm -hmm. I like that. Um, So in your private practice, like, do you see X amount of clients a day? Do you, are you doing like counseling on what types of food, relationship with food? Like what is this work? Yeah. So my, my daily routine, I go to my full-time job and then I come home and like rush into the house, get ready. I've got a client shortly after that um, or a presentation kind of depends on the routine. I try to keep a solid work-life balance of maybe like Monday through Wednesday, maybe Thursday, I'll have clients in the evenings. And then the weekends I keep as social time. So I'm a really big advocate of making sure that we are taking that break and separation from work. Um, And so then I see probably one to two, sometimes even three client check-ins in the evenings. And I try to cut it off by about 8 PM. So it's, it can be long days for the first few days of the week, but then since I know that I have the work-life balance coming up, I'm like, you know, if I work hard for the first few days, it's going to be really <laughs> nice to relax. Yeah. No, I actually think that your strategy of like bulking up your work ahead of time and then knowing that you're going to have a break and feeling like a break is coming, I think that that like mentally is it's kind of like the mental game that you play in setting yourself up for success and not getting burnt out in what you do. Um, okay, so what is the best part of owning a private practice as a dietitian? I think just being to be so creative and accepting different clients and knowing like, okay, someone reached out to me. Um, am I the qualified healthcare provider or do I need to send them to someone else? And being able to make that decision being able to create different programs that I hear feedback from people and I can just make a group course or I can make a longer program for someone that doesn't just want that one and done kind of appointment. So I've got a couple different types where one is more of like an ongoing nutrition coaching where we meet every two or three weeks, depending on people's availability and how much like support they need in between sessions and being able to just know that you're making that lasting impact versus meeting once, having a follow-up, and never seeing them again. So oh, yeah. that makes a huge difference. I think a lot of us that work, I work in primary care, and I, I think a lot of us that are in a clinic setting, you know, we don't know if that patient's going to come back. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they're going to follow through on something. And it sounds like 
the people that seek out your private practice type of care, like they want to be there. They're coming to you to engage with you. And so you you have a probably a better, more consistent follow-up. Okay, um, I usually ask this and I I think I know the answer, but do you see registered dietitians in the media, on TV, in the news, anything like that? Yeah, there are um, quite a few dietitians I know do segments on the news. Whether oh, really? Class. Yeah, all the time. They don't always get the biggest viewing. I know there's a lot of people that are like selling cookbooks or influencers and stuff that also have nutrition programs. So there are definitely um, dietitians in media. And I've seen a ton on Instagram too. So like I've learned so much from having a cooking page and learning from my dietitian friends on how to use different ingredients or chop something differently or like there's just so many different nutrition um, people out there that you can go to for just kind of that everyday assistance of, oh, that's something I totally didn't know I could cook with or whatever educational thing you're looking for. It's <laughs> So to the listeners out there, Christina is new to the show. She has listened to some episodes, but any of you that have been around for, you know, more than a hot second know that I hate to cook. Like I hate it. I hate it so much. Like I would rather give an enema than cook a meal. Um, and that's saying a lot, right? So um, I, this is something I really struggle with. So I always find it fascinating when I have someone on who enjoys cooking or it's such a routine part of their life because that is so not me. Um, <laughs> but not maybe I, yeah, you know, maybe I need to get some of your services in my life. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, Christine is going to share a story from practice and her self-care strategies. So stay tuned. Welcome back from the break. We have Christina Swanson, our registered dietitian, and she's going to share a story from practice. So take it away, Christina. All right. So one client that I worked with recently actually really felt like I've made an impact on her life in general with her journey through nutrition. So a little background story. She has a really long, she's had a long time of struggling with GI issues. It's been going on for about 10 to 15 years now, and it's been really hard to see that she's gone this long throughout her lifestyle without really getting the adequate care that she needs. Um, and she has had kind of a complicated case of IBS that no one has ever been able to help her through like food journaling and stuff. And she's gotten testing done on allergies. Um, it's gone to the GI doctor and she feels like the only thing she's come out with it is knowing what she's not diagnosed with. So knowing that she doesn't have celiac disease or that she doesn't have Crohn's disease, they basically just send her out and say, hey, okay, you've got some sort of IBS, figure it out. And yeah. it just broke my heart to hear that as a, as a healthcare provider, because there's, there's so many ways that we could work together better as healthcare providers of bridging the gaps so that we can help our patient versus leaving them frustrated and confused and just not knowing what the next step is to take. So it was really hard to hear that she left her GI appointment and her doctor never even mentioned a dietitian the entire time. Oh my time. gosh. Oh my gosh. And like, yeah. <laughs> do, you, 
GI, you would think that they are plugged into what dietitians do. That's insane mm-hmm. to me. I mean, that's yeah. like that's like discharging a diabetic without giving them a dietitian visit. Like what? Like oh my gosh. It's just like what can we do to bridge the gap between healthcare providers that we know what each other does and we know who to send them off to after we've helped them. Enter dose of support. Like this is mm-hmm. like I mean, I'm not saying like we're super clinical on the show because I think we're really more about like the stories, but this story is like why we need to, like, I have a lot of listeners that just like pick and choose what episodes they want, but like learning from people that are completely different from you have different expertise, like really learning about all the different professionals, that's where we can improve care too. So Mm -hmm. I love what you're saying. What a I mean, I don't think that this story is like rare either. Like, (laughs) I think it's actually really common that patients feel like they walk away from their appointments not knowing what the next step is or how they can make themselves get better or feeling like they weren't, this actually just happened to me. I I walked out of an appointment with my kiddo and I kind of felt like, okay, so what do I do now? And I'm a provider. Like, (laughs) and so I I think it's, it's not rare. In fact, I think it's really common and it's, it's sad that that's the case. And if Mm -hmm. we could just work together better. So in that instance, how did the client find you in either of these instances? We actually have a mutual friend. She fo- she's she been following me on Instagram for a while mm-hmm. and reached mm-hmm. out through my website. And she knew she was going to be getting some testing done. And after the first round, the, the physician was still hadn't mentioned a dietitian. And she was like, hey, actually, like, I know a dietitian. Like, can I do that? And they're like, oh, yeah. But they didn't say, like, if she w- she told me if she would not have mentioned me, they would have gone the, the whole appointment without yeah. him referencing. And I think that this is actually, like, a, a bigger problem. And so I got a lot of that in my training. And I feel like um, a lot of professionals in their training are really lacking in that area. And that's why we have this deficit. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really interesting that, like, she had to know to advocate for herself with her mm-hmm. provider just to <laughs> feel comfortable with reaching out to you. So, okay. Yeah. So that was – that was complicated, but I'm I'm feeling a lot more hopeful now that she's been able to work with me and figure out which foods are, foods are causing symptoms. Because before she had, like, every single thing she ate was she was having symptoms of, like, basically living in the bathroom. And that is really hard on someone's social life and emotional mm-hmm. um, and mental health. And it's so hard to see that. So being able to know as a provider that, hey, if we work together, we can find the best care for this patient. You know, what you said really triggered a memory of um, our episode 21 with Lindsay, and she talked a lot about intuitive eating and people that mm-hmm. have GI upset. They, It's almost like you need to identify what foods make your body happy and what foods don't make your body happy. And that takes so long for people. And some people have so many sensitivities, they just don't know it. Um, But I think then people are like, well, what can I eat? Like, cause then food food becomes the enemy. You know what I mean? And we don't want to be afraid to eat. And it's like, if that's our entire life, like everyone eats every day, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a diet. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the low FODMAP diet. And it's used, I have. 
Um, they don't hardly mention this in our dietitian training in school. I didn't even hear about it. Honestly, I don't remember at least until the last like two weeks of my dietetic internship, which is the very, very end of our training as dietitians. So we go through sometimes almost seven years of school and we still haven't heard about this complicated case yet. I've had four patients in the last two months that have come to me for it. So it's definitely a helpful tool in figuring out food sensitivities. And then you, it's a complicated process of how to reintroduce those foods. So when patients have complicated cases of GI issues and then they're told to follow a low FODMAP diet, it's very, very complicated to do by themselves and mm -hmm. how to do it correctly. So that's where dietitians that are trained in that really need to be able to be referred to after that diagnosis is made. So that's something I've thought about getting an, a certification in and like going through an intensive training on it eventually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I've watched a lot of webinars and there are some really great dietitians that I've followed and learned a lot from. And, you know, it's really interesting that you don't notice a lot of training in your profession because in nursing, I got training on the FODMAP diet. I got yes. like not intense training by any means, but as you know, most nurses take nutrition courses. And mm -hmm. then in my, in my provider training and my nurse practitioner training, of course, we're trained on how to, how to treat Crohn's patients and how to, you know, we're trained on how to rule out GI, GI problems and you know, food sensitivities. And so I actually did get some training on this. So it's so Amazing. funny. Yeah. That's it's so funny <laughs> to hear that, like, well, and maybe you could partner with schools to, to deliver some training too, because obviously the training is lacking in all professions on nutrition. Definitely. I kind of hold the belief that food is medicine to some extent. I mean, medicine mm -hmm. is medicine too. Like there's good <laughs> drugs out there too, but there's so much we can do with food and exercise that isn't, mm -hmm. um, I don't think that it's given the attention it deserves in our respective programs. Oh, for sure. I actually have an intern right now. And last night we were doing a practice, kind of like a grocery store tour. And I was showing her how I help clients with that as part of their package if they're interested. And she was just like, I could see it in her face. Like, oh my goodness, how did you learn all this? Where, where do you figure this out? And it's just, it's like second nature to me. I just point at a product and say, oh, here's some low sodium canned veggies or um, different ways to reduce saturated fat in products and like just label reading in the basics. Right. But it almost, I've heard this from many, many people now as dietitians, we get trained so much about the super complicated stuff that the easy stuff is almost hard. So Ooh, that's interesting. We take multiple chemistry classes and metabolism and just the really complicated science courses. But I don't remember a class on just the basics of how to build a healthy meal and how to actually make those changes versus mm, here's a handout. But like yeah. lifestyle changes are the biggest part I've seen as having customers and clients that have said, hey, I just got diagnosed with diabetes. I I had someone come talk to me in the hospital with some plastic fruit and like the little food props, but they don't know how to make <laughs> that connection to their grocery shopping or to, yeah, their, to their real life. Habits. Yeah. Yeah. And so seeing her reaction as an almost dietitian and being confused and also at the same time, really excited 
that they don't teach that. And I was like, that should be something that the colleges are teaching is like how to build a healthy lifestyle versus all these super complicated classes. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, I feel like in high school, when you have those family consumer science mm -hmm. courses, like I feel like there is some kind of assumption in our society that we're all getting that, but we're not, we're not getting, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm a privileged white lady that went to a good school and took nu nutrition classes. Like, I feel like I know what to do you know, but not everybody yeah. has that. And certainly there's a cultural component to like, I grew up with these types of foods and this is what I want to eat. How can I work within that? And so there's so much that there's so much room for progress in this area. So that's kind of so exciting. Oh, okay. Just label reading in general is something that people, I always ask my clients, I'm like, do you ever look at the label? They're like, eh, sometimes, eh, not usually, you know, so people don't look at it. And even just looking at the yogurt wall, there can be two different flavors of the same brand that one has 17 grams of added sugar and the other has zero. It's like, okay, if we just mm -hmm. point people in the right direction, we're taking out a lot of that added sugar in our lifestyle and we're just making healthier changes within the same product. <laughs> It would really be interesting to hear from some of our international listeners. Hey, Canada. Hey, Australia. Hey, Taiwan. Like, I see you. Um, and Iceland. But it would be really interesting to hear from some of our international listeners who have a little bit better regulation. Oh, a lot of it better. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Food yes. regulations within their respective countries. And mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of that stuff isn't even on the shelves in other civilized societies. So there isn't this, um, I guess, mis misinformation out there about this being healthy or that being healthy, because mm -hmm. we know it's not healthy. At least you and I know, or some of our listeners might know, but not, not everybody does. And so it's really hard to make a good choice when everything looks the same, or you're not sure when you're reading what it means. Yes. Um, and I love watching people in the grocery store as my people watching. I'll just see <laughs> like you're, your typical like lost husband in the grocery store has sent on the list from his wife and he just if they don't have that exact thing he's not getting it and it's like it they don't look at the other options they oh, look at what they're familiar with and it's my so husband does all of that so I like love like I I hate I hate it all I, I struggle I'm on the struggle bus I have a lot of anxiety around it and speaking mm -hmm. of anxiety um, is people watching in the grocery store your self-care or <laughs> what, what is, what are your self-care strategies? You um, basically have two jobs and you're in, you're helping people that are frustrated. I mean, how do you take care of yourself? Yeah. So I love the saying, you can't fill from an empty cup. And that's really been resonating with me a lot these last few months as I've been increasing how many hours a week that I work and just knowing what is worth my time necessarily if um, I'm using it. It's like I want to be making sure it's benefiting me as well. Having that solid self-care routine. I do self-care Sundays, sometimes self-care Wednesdays too, halfway through <laughs> the week. But for sure that Sunday routine, whether it's just relaxing in the evenings, reading a book, doing some journaling and reflecting. Um, I really like to spend time on thinking like, okay, these are some things that are going well right now in my life that are making me happy. Here's some stuff that's stressing me out. What can I do to help make that situation better? Um, I 
my sister laughs at me a lot of times because usually when she asks me what I like to do for self-care, it revolves being productive. So like, I like working out and I like cleaning and I like, like knowing that I'm not getting behind on things. She's like, no, you need to just sit and do nothing. I'm like, no, that stresses me out. (laughs) So like where, where my husband is the cook and he'll like order the groceries or go, go and get the groceries. I am the cleaner. I actually Mm -hmm. like, do I want to clean all day, every day? No, but I actually do enjoy like getting it done, it being Mm -hmm. done and it's satisfying. So I totally get what you're saying. Um, Tell me more about your journaling. A lot of the listeners that are doses for life they know that I struggle with journaling I do like periodic journaling but I'm not the daily journal kind of person so what do you do I am I don't do, I don't journal every day I would say I journal the most when I'm feeling either really overwhelmed really like excited or just really lost so if I feel like something is really going well, I'm like, my gratitude journal is just overflowing. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. All these good things are happening. Um, and then there are days where it's like, you know, this was a really stressful week. Um, I feel like there are a lot of things that I didn't get done that would have made me happy and would have helped to relieve that anxiety and tension. Um, so just, I'm an Enneagram 3, if you're familiar with Enneagram I am, and I bet our listeners are too. Yeah, so I'm an Enneagram 3, and not going to lie, when I learned that last year, I was pretty upset because (laughs) I want to be seen as this, like, overachiever, workaholic. Like, I don't feel like that's my true personality. I picture that as, like, someone who's, like, businessy, like that that car salesman, shark kind of person. Like, I don't feel like that's me. You're like, I'm way better than that. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not that person. I, I'm like, I I work a lot because I like to help people, which makes me happy. So it's a selfish, but also not selfish version of it, I guess. Like, I'm happy by helping other people, which I have to work to do. So I guess it's confusing. Um, But yeah, so as, as an Enneagram figure, I feel like it's, I'm constantly setting goals and trying to improve myself and help to make the best version of myself that I can be. So I feel like I self care like that. Like it just doesn't look Mm -hmm. like going to the spa or having a massage. Like it Mm -hmm. looks like you having balance in your life. And exactly. So I think that is important to, to talk about. And I think my self care truly is like, really having a good solid workout makes me feel so alive Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. whether it's going for a nice long bike ride or having a hard like hit interval training workout or just really good strength training or run like I like to mix it up but having some sort of like adrenaline rush like just really really makes me feel happy and stress-free and very sweaty A lot of people say having a workout or powerlifting, a lot of people have said that on the show. So you're not alone there. And of Mm -hmm. course, you know the benefits of working out too. It's like so many, so, so many benefits, mental, physical, all the things. Um, Okay. So let's say people are like, Christina is so much fun. I also love the Minnesota accent. Like how- you betcha. (laughs) Oh, you betcha. How can I connect with Christina Swanson? Um, I am very active on my cooking page on Instagram. It's cooking with Kay Swanee. That's my, my little handle. Um, I do a lot of nutrition education, random myth busting, uh, product suggestions, recipes. 
I really work with clients a lot on how to build that everyday lifestyle. So whether it's ideas for meal prep during their busy week or just trying to think ahead and pack a easy to go snack that's going to keep them on track of their goals and making sure that they're taking care of themselves during a crazy time too. So I always address self-care to my clients and I think that's a big part as a dietitian because stress can impact so much of our health that Mm -hmm. doesn't revolve just around like, oh, well, practice self-care. It's like, no, it's really important. Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that I sent my husband one of your recipes. Like I (laughs) I actually follow you and I actually like, so it's funny because like, yeah, it's like actually stuff you can use. So good job. Um, I don't use a lot of crazy ingredients. Like I, I feel like I see some recipes and like, I don't have that. What do I use instead? So yeah. Like how do people even like, do you have to go to like five different grocery stores for things? No, no, nobody got time for that. My theory is fast, easy, affordable, and tasty and healthy. (laughs) Good. All right. Well, people will, I hope people reach out to you. I hope that that this is so helpful for people because you're absolutely a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And listeners, you know what to do to connect with me. I'll be back in your ears next week. You can extend a dose of support even further by visiting us on Facebook, Instagram, on our website, or by giving us a rating or review. You can always support the show monetarily on patreon.com slash dose of support. Dose of Support is written, organized, emails, edited, produced, published, all the things by me, Vanessa Casper, with exclusive music by John Schreier. I'm punching out this week, but I will be back in your ears next week for another Dose of Support.